Hi, welcome to the New Covenant Presbyterian Church Sermon Podcast, a congregation of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, the OPC, in the San Francisco Bay Area. Our passage is from Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 to 30. I shall read from Dr. J. Adams' uh, everyday version uh, in the New Testament. He was a Greek, Greek, a Greek scholar at uh, John Hopkins, and I would really, really recommend this uh, New Testament. It's a very helpful, and it'll be a little different what you hear in our regular versions, but uh, I remember Mr. Elliot, who was the uh, one who helped get this church started. I asked him once, uh, what version did you use? He says, whatever one's the clearest. <laughs> and next I said, well, maybe I'll just take the Greek into the pulpit. <laughs> but uh, but uh, there are different versions that have different ways of looking at it. So let's give attention and stand as we read the Word of God. At that time, Jesus responded to this by saying, I thank you, Father, and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise men and intellectuals and have revealed them to babies. Yes, Father, for such was your good pleasure. Everything has been handed over to me by my Father, and no one fully knows the Son except the Father, and no one fully knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you all who labor and are heavily burdened, and I will refresh you, put my yoke on you, and learn from me. I am meek and humble in heart, and you will discover the refreshment of your souls. My yoke is easy to wear, and my burden is light. You may be seated. Let us pray. O Lord, our God, we thank you for the words of your Son to us here, giving this invitation to the whole world. Help us to respond, whether we are believers or unbelievers, that we may know the refreshment, the rest that only Jesus can give. May your Spirit be upon us and help us to understand these holy words. For Jesus' sake we ask, amen. In the 4th century, there was a great church father called St. Augustine of Hippo, a bishop there in North Africa. He wrote a book called Confessions. And it's not an easy book to read, but it's very interesting, uh, the things he says about himself. And he says this one famous line that we've heard many times. Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord. And our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. Have you found rest in the Lord Jesus Christ? Is he your only refreshment from this world? We see in this text that Jesus makes an invitation. And as I said in the prayer, it's an invitation not only to unbelievers, but to believers that they continue to come to Jesus. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavily burdened, and I will refresh you. Come to me. The word come really means believe in me. It's a matter of faith to believe in someone who is able to give you something that the world cannot give you. Oh, the world has all kinds of answers, but there's not 
what God can give you. Are your souls restless? Are they heavy laden and burdened? And is there labor when you fight with sin all your life? You need to come to Christ if you haven't come to him. But even as Christians, we do have times of difficulty where we cannot get out of it unless Christ gives us that refreshment through his word and through his spirit. Come to me, no one else. If you translate this literally, it means come to my face. That's interesting. Be face to face with me. Don't turn from me. Turn from the world. Repent and look to me. I'm the one who's able to give to you the refreshment and rest from this world's heavy burden. Sin is a burden. The Pharisees and the Sadducees made it a burden with all their extra traditions. But we don't always need that. We have enough struggle with sin in this world. The temptations are with us daily. And if we look at the news today, it is frightening to see such, even in the political affair, we see a lot of deception. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not talking about what party you be in, but there is fake news. But the news we have here is true news. We can trust it because of Jesus. Come to me. Well, who is this one who calls himself me? Well, we look just the verse before that. Everything is, verse 27, everything has been handed to me by my Father, and no one fully knows the Son except the Father. Here is one who is saying he has a special, unique relationship to the Father. He is the Son of God. He has authority. And that authority goes on to say that no one knows the Son except the Father. No one can make that claim but the Son of God. And no one fully knows the Father except the Son and to whom those the Son chooses to reveal him. So as Jesus has such authority, he is worthy and qualified to come to him by faith to receive the gift that he's offering to us, that refreshment uh, and uh, rest that we need. Well, we look back in Genesis 1 and 2, where God created the heavens and the earth, and we see on the seventh day that God rested. Now, he didn't have a, a physical toil himself, but he stopped. But it was an a example for us to rest, that we work six days in the week and then we rest. And that's been changed, of course, in the New Testament of the resurrection. Because when he rose, he rested from his labors. A new creation. And so we, that idea of rest and refreshment is very important to us. Physically, we get tired. And you who are in the workforce and whatever job you have, you look forward to those breaks, those coffee breaks, those donut breaks, uh, things you shouldn't be eating, of course. That's just my opinion, but I like donuts anyway. But uh, we look for that. We, we live in a scheduled life. Just think we work seven days a week without a rest day. People do, and it, it's, it comes upon them. They get sick. They get ill. Just imagine if you didn't sleep for three or four days. It's awfully hard. We need refreshments physically, but we need the spiritual refreshment that only Christ can give, that refreshment that takes away our sins, the burden of sin, because 
He went to the cross to bear the sin of many and to wash away our sins by his blood. And without that propitiation, that satisfaction of God's justice, uh, we have no refreshment, we have no life. Yes, we do have struggles in life. We have the cross to bear in our life, but we have the refreshment that our souls can be cleansed by the blood of Christ. That's something that no one can take from us. Are you refreshed in Christ? Do you have that refreshment? Often going down to Los Angeles with the three girls over the years to visit the grandparents, we went Highway 5. And if you've been on that Highway 5, it's probably the most boring. Uh, there's hardly any trees. There are a few uh, vineyards and uh, tree groves and stuff like that. And there's cattle, which we don't like because of the stench that you get when you go by. Some of you know that. But you know, I, who's driving, and Kathy, who drives, the girls could not wait till we got our first break. That rest stop where we can take care of things and sometimes we'd have food and, and go strong. There's another time that I, was, I went to Greenville to study. Uh, my daughter, Laura, paved the way and had to come back on a Saturday morning. At, had to get up at 5.30 in Greenville and take a plane back to Los Angeles. And getting on that plane, then going to Dallas and getting off and making another plane, then arriving in the Burbank and then driving up to uh, where, where uh, Laura and her family live. But I did a crazy thing. I decided to drive home <laughs> on that day. I had some lunch, but I started to fall asleep on Highway 5. You don't do that. <laughs> I looked for the first... McDonald's and got to the McDonald's and had refreshment and it made a big difference and I was able to go on my way. How can you miss the refreshment on the Lord's Day for all week unless you're ill or some providential hindrance keeps you from coming here? This is the day we need the break. You need the break. It's the most precious day of the week and here's where Christ refreshes you through the worship, through the singing, through the prayers, through the reading of scriptures, the preaching, to the encouragement of one another. That's refreshment too, is it not? And we get strengthened. We need that constantly. And he says, I will refresh you. That is a promise. I will give you a rest. And he's qualified to do that because he's the Father's son. What does he say? Why should you come to me? Why is it worthy? Well, he says, I'm meek and humble or lowly in heart. And you will discover, the word Eureka here, by the way, you will discover refreshment for your souls. I'm not a heavy taskmaster. I will teach you with patience and kindness that you cannot get from anybody else except by me. Who would want to turn away from such a person as the Lord Jesus Christ who has gave you refreshment? Confucius can't give you refreshment like that to your souls. Muhammad can't do it. It doesn't work. And uh, other religious leaders, Buddha, they can't offer anything like that for the souls. All they can give you all kinds of ethical things you can do, and you may fool yourself with meditation and all that, but it is not satisfying. 
As Augustine said, we are restless, restless in our souls until we find rest in God, in the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll discover for your souls, my yoke is easy to wear and my burden is light. Just think of that. You know what a yoke is. You put on a horse or cattle over on your neck. Now, this yoke is not something that's horrible for us. It is a sign of discipleship. When you wear that yoke, that means you're, you are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says it's easy to wear in comparison to what the world's burdens of sin and sin in your life have and what the world requires of you in ethics and such. No, the burden is not so much in the commandments. They're not burdensome, as James says. We can do them through Jesus Christ. And I can do all things through him who gives us the strength. We've been talking about contentment in our Sunday school class. It's hard to be content in some of the circumstances. Right now when we see our country and what has happened in Afghanistan. And we, we are, I am heartbroken when I figure all the Americans and other Afghanistan friends are still stranded there. And they're not able to get out. That's painful. And then we think of yesterday of the thousands who died in those two, two towers. I watched that two, 20 years ago. I could not believe my eyes and could not hold back the tears. When you figure all the people that died in such a way, there were people jumping out of the windows because they'd rather die that way than die the way that the building was going to, and the burning of the fire and everything else. These are great burdens that we see in our country. We need to pray for revival, starting with our own hearts, starting in this church. I have a great burden, uh, for I have the ring of fire. You hear this often from me. Our church, First Church in San Francisco, Nevada, which will be Petaluma pretty soon. They have new property. And our church in, in, uh, in, uh, in Berkeley, and then also our brothers and sisters in the Harbor of Grace. That there will be a ring of fire that God will bring His Spirit down upon us and bring His true repentance, preaching by the Spirit, true repentance in our lives, both young and old. We need that, and we should pray for it uh, on a daily basis until it comes. I remember Dick Miller, who's the pastor, the former pastor now with the Lord, uh, loved to hear Lloyd-Jones preach, and I did as well. And he preached many sermons on revival, but he never saw any revival in his time. But Dick Miller said, well, he went to the place where revivals begin. And I think that's something to remember. That's where we had to pray. Where the revivals begin, they come down to this earth, and God will do a great work. So to wear that, uh, that discipleship of Christ as we study his word, as we memorize it, as we share it with one another, as we talk, call people to repentance, invite people to hear the word of God. Mr. Elliot spent many hours going from door to door. It's hard to do that today. People would not open the door, but in those days in the 50s, people did. And some of the families that are in this church over the years came from the Francisco Terrace and other places. Now, we may not be able to do all that, but we have the website now. And some people have come to our church through the website. 
And now our church is more known. A lot of people knew they thought our church was San Francisco church. They didn't know it was a church here in South San Francisco. They saw it was south of, of the city, up there somewhere. And a lot of people would go there. Not, I'm not uh, envious, but uh, I wish they'd come here because some of them live in this area. But now our church is known. And we ought to invite people. I invited uh, the AT&T man yesterday to come. I gave him a tract and stuff. And I pray that he'll come. He knows the address. Invite people. Don't be afraid to ask. If they don't come, that's their responsibility. And we should be uh, careful to always take the opportunity to invite people to come to Jesus, to find the refreshment, to point out there is restlessness in their people's lives. Now you say, come to Jesus. Believe in him. But it's interesting. Can you come? Do you have the free will to come? I answer yes and no. We have free will to do evil. We lost it in the garden with our, our first parents. We can do certain good things, but we do not have free will to bring salvation to our lives. We are dead in trespasses and sin. We cannot move. And Jesus says, unless the Father draw you, you can't come to me. You can't. Unless you have a new birth, you cannot see the kingdom of God to understand it. Unless you have a new birth, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. But then Jesus also says in John 6, all that the Father has given to me will come to me. And all who come to me, I will no wise cast out. There's your hope. Don't worry about election or predestination, as Spurgeon says. He says the most important thing is to, do you believe? That's a responsibility. There is a mystery between God's providence and sovereignty and human responsibility. But that does not excuse you. Your call to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you refreshed? Do you have a true blessing of life and richness in God's grace? There is a hymn I love deeply. It's a hymn concerning the prophetic office of Christ. I heard the voice of Jesus say, Come to me and rest. Lay down, your weary, lay down weary one, and lay down your head upon my breast. I came to Jesus as I was, worn, worn out, and weary, and sad, and found in him a resting place, and he has made me glad. Has he made you glad? Has he made you joyful? Has he made you a place of rest? Let us pray. Our Lord Jesus, we are restless by nature because of our sins. But you in your grace from all eternity ordain that your Son would come and redeem your people by grace. Jesus calls us to come to him, to meet him face to face and follow and accept the promise 
of refreshment that we need so much in this life. Teach us, O Lord, to learn of him, to learn of his truth, and to walk in his way, and to submit ourselves wholly to him, to receive him and rest to him, rest in him as he's offered to us, uh, as the only one to give us rest in the gospel, the good news. O Lord, ordain faith in us again and again. And may we grow in that faith. And those who do not know Jesus, give them faith, give them new birth. Give that new birth as so faith may take his residence in your heart. O Lord, our God, we pray for this promise that you've offered to us in your Son's name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at newcovenantopc.com. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. May God enlighten the eyes of your heart, that through the preached word your eyes may be opened to behold the glory of Christ more and more.